It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Greetings, and welcome to Conflict Radio. Today is November 5th, 2020, and today we're going to be talking to Jim Mallard of the Mallard Report. You can check out his website at mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D dot com. Jim Mallard is the executive producer and host of the groundbreaking Mallard Report. This entertaining and enlightening show airs every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. In addition to being internationally syndicated, rebroadcast on many radio networks. In-depth interviews with specialists and researchers reveal little-known facts and scientific investigation of real events. So I would definitely go check out his podcast. He's very interesting. He has a lot of really good guests and intriguing people on. So I definitely go there and check it out. So let's just get right to it. We'll be right back on Conflict Radio with Jim Mallard right after this. And welcome back to Conflict Radio. We've got Jim Mallard with us today. So we're going to go and we're going to sit at the duck pond for a little while. And we're going to listen to Jim talk his talk and and, uh, tell us all about him and and what he's got going on over at his podcast. Jim, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, exciting times and exciting places to be, and I'm glad to be here. Awesome, man. Well, you know, we're we're here to uh, check out the ducks in the duck pond with you. Do you get that a lot? Yeah, that's where that's why I, I, I leaned into it, because um, it goes back as far as I can remember in school, people quacking at me and duck and the whole thing. So I've I've just kind of always... At first, it kind of was a bit much, and then, you know, after a while, it just becomes something you have to accept, and, and I actually did. And it's been, um, as I look over there, and there's a bunch of uh, stuffed ducks, stuffed mallard ducks, and a whole bunch of other little knickknacks and stuff. It's just kind of become the thing. So, 
Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, I kind of like how how it all just kind of flows together. I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, kids kids are cruel, but then you just have to take something and go with it, and uh, that's what it is. It's what it is. Yeah, like I said, you know, it was it was kind of it was like weird getting quacked at for the first few times, and then it was kind of like, hey, nobody else is getting quacked at, so kind of became cool. So, do, do people still quack at you all the time? Uh, every once in a while, I'll see somebody I went to high school with at like Walmart or somewhere, and I will hear a quack. It, it is kind of funny, and and my ringtone on my phone is the iTone, the i iPhone duck quacking, which always makes people laugh. Um, because you know, nobody in the right mind uses that one anymore because you've got all the songs and anything in the world that you want, but it always catches my attention because like I said, it's just been one of those things that's part of my life. So yeah, I still get, I still get it once in a while, which is, it's kind of fun. It's kind of funny to see my kids react to some grown adult from (laughs) 20 feet away starting to quack. So yeah, that's true. Well, I'm sure they know what they're in for once they hit their (laughs) high school days now. So yeah, the Mallard. Say, I don't know. If, I don't. I was gonna say I don't know if kids are are into that anymore. I, I don't know. Oh we'll yeah, see. they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so the Mallard Report. How long have you been doing this show, and what got you started doing a show? Okay. Well, how long? It'll be ten years in May. So nine and a half years, I guess it is somewhere in that neighborhood. And um, I guess what got me started into doing shows was my paranormal team because I was looking for content for my website, their website, the website. So my team did some videos for a while, and they got tired of doing it, which I completely understand because it wasn't necessarily fun, but it was something I was trying to, you know, like, maybe I was going a little too hard after it at that point, but I just knew it had it was something that had to be done, and then, um, so they told me to pretty much take a hike with it, so I did, and then I bounced around a few other shows, and had a show of a co-host, and a bunch of, like, I, I probably did five or six shows at one point, like, you know, during that period, and then... I kind of just as it got to a point where I'm like, okay, none of this was kind of sitting right with me. So I find, you know, kind of just ended up blowing up and started into the Mallard Report, and that's kind of where it ended up. Yeah. Now, every year you do a prediction show, right? Yeah, the first Tuesday in November kind of started. It started as a, oh, like this year's was the eighth. So it was election year eight years ago. And I went, you know, Everybody's going to be tuned into the presidential election, all the coverage wall-to-wall stuff. So I just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to do predictions for the next year. Just kind of threw it up there. And it was fun and engaging. And I went, that's pretty cool. And so later later on, come midsummer, somebody asked me if I was going to do it again. And I really hadn't thought about it. And I said, yeah, I, I do remember that. I, I, you know, I had positive memories of it. So we've just been doing it every year since. Yeah, so. now the uh, the election that happened this past Tuesday, uh, here we are, it's it's Thursday, and we still don't have a winner. So I, I want to try to avoid all of the political talk to avoid a uh, a pop-up on my, you know, on Yeah, the, well, on the, the fun part about or... my, my, when I do my prediction shows, I'm, I'm always looking for the next year. So my, my prediction show from Tuesday was for 2021, so it kind of jumped that election. So if you wanted to predict the election, you would have had to do it last year. So that's kind of the fun part of all that, too. Okay, so, so before we... I, go, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, because that, like, I mean, it's it's hard enough, you know, like, uh, there are other shows that'll do their prediction shows like New Year's Eve, right? Because anything they predict from that point is valid for the next year. But when you're when you're doing it the first week in November, and you have to skip seven weeks of time before your prediction can come true, 
I think it's an added level of I don't want to say fun, but I don't know other word to put on it. So I am I am curious how it's gone over the years. What are some of the past predictions? Not not this past show, but what are some of your past prediction shows predictions that have come true? Uh, somebody actually called in at la- last year and predicted a virus for this year, which was is kind of spooky now when you hear it back. Of course, obviously, I didn't have the the depth and all the other stuff, but I mean, saying a virus at last November before it actually happened was kind of it's kind of spooky. Um, somebody told me one year I predicted a couple of the actual sports champions, right? Which I was just, I just throw that kind of stuff on just for fun, which was kind of weird. So, and one of my, my favorites is because it's, it's live. So I take live calls as well. And I had a woman call me right at the top of the show, probably sec, first or second year I was doing this. And she told me she was leaving her husband on the air <laughs> And uh, I said, well, does he know that yet? And she's like, well, he's a listener of your show. He's going to know that. And I went, yeah, you know, they say live is, is entertaining. And that was surely entertaining for everybody else. For me, it was kind of like, I don't even know what to do with this lady at this point. But <laughs> yeah. So any any other predictions stick out? Um, Earthquake. I mean, I know there's been some earthquakes that were predicted, but that's I, I mean, when when you hear somebody was right, you're like, yeah, but earthquakes are kind of, I don't know. I don't want to downplay that, right? Because yeah. obviously somebody's predicting it as somebody predicting it, but those are kind of the factors of life kind of deal. I mean, yeah. not necessarily a bold prediction by any stretch. Like I, I predict um, I predict next year a hurricane will hit the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, uh, yeah. And there's, there's some, and I actually, for the last bunch of years, I've been predicting kind of a rise from a third party. Actually, I predicted it before, like, Trump kind of, I, I kind of, I said somebody would arrive on the scene that was would shake the market. Of course, I kind of missed because I said it would be a third party, not a, a second party candidate. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's fun. It's, um, it's always good to get stuff on the record one way or the other. No, there's been some crazy stuff that just, you know, hasn't come true either, so... Which is probably more fun, right? When you hear some of these things that people come up with, just thinking they're going to have some. I, I hope they're having fun with it, not trying to predict World War Three. But you know, yeah. Can Can it, you give us an idea of some of the predictions that you've that you've gotten just this past show? Uh, this past show, we got some for uh, the stock market re- rebounding. Um, what was the what was the other major one? Oh, I, I was talking about baseball being really in trouble. Um, like I know I'm, I kind of hedged my bet, but I, I mean, I don't think it's this coming year that it's going to be in trouble, but I think we're going to start noticing. I mean, anybody that's been paying attention to baseball knows the attendance and the TV is all down, but I think we're going to have a noticeable increase in that kind of thought process. Um, yeah, that, it might be hard to see because they're not letting any fans in right now. Yeah. That's the thing, and, and but baseball restarts kind of early in the spring, and it's I don't know if we're you know, like it's just going to be rough for them. Um, well, was, we might still be locked down by then. Who knows? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And um, oh, the the other one that was kind of interesting was uh, some sort of conflict with China, and I spent a good amount of time trying to hash through that what that looks like and how that goes. So, oh, that's pretty interesting. So I, I so would you say that you're podcast is more controversial topics or paranormal topics anymore it's more controversial than paranormal but i think 
as as the years have went by, I've I beat paranormal backwards and forwards into controversial stuff. Now I'm beating controversial into paranormal. So I, I walk that line backwards and forwards. I, I don't even say controversial. The tagline right now is conversational yet controversial, which is what I I try to be. I don't I don't necessarily want to jump down anybody's throat when I'm hosting the show, but I know there are times we get to a point where it's it's heavy. I guess is the way to put it. Like it's intense. And there are other points where we're just laughing and cutting up and having a good time. So that's why that's how, if I can move the emotions one way or the other or both during the show, plus leave you with some knowledge. That's kind of all the the hope that I have for it. Yeah. So so when you're when you're talking to some guests, do you ever sit there like, oh, my God, like this person is completely off their rocker? Oh, yeah. And my job is to just keep that going. Right. Yeah. Um ask the questions that you need to ask to keep keep that story I don't want to say story because they believe it right so what I mean keep that thought process going ask them to explain things that you don't understand and maybe through the court because sometimes when you hear a story you go man that doesn't make sense and then you ask that follow-up question you start to see how they could see it doesn't mean you have to agree with it but that's kind of the quest to kind of understand why it seems like they're out in right field sometimes or left field. I guess it depends on how you look at that question. Um, and that's why I like doing it because I mean, like you said, I'm, I'm, you've been doing this for a while. You've talked to some people and you went, man, I don't get it. But that's why you're talking to them because you don't get it and you're trying to get it. It doesn't mean you have to believe it, but you're trying to see how they see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always fun to get, to get some people on where you're just like, Oh, oh my God. Like, like this, this totally seems ridiculous. Yet, yet, let's go. Let's go down this hole. Let's figure and it. I, and I and I I'll tell you that there's like a. I'm sure this topic will buzz your audience one way or the other. Excuse me, is flat Earth? You know, people either. I mean, that's like the polarizing topic of topics right now. Either you are a flat earther or you believe the Earth is round. There's not much middle ground in there. Bad pun, right? Yeah. But I've had a. I had a flat earther on and I cut him short and cause he, I just thought he wasn't answering my questions. I mean, we've been very civil and he, I mean, we talked after it and he's like, no, I get it. I, you know, you respect, you were respectful and all this other stuff. And he's like, I appreciate the time. And I said, I appreciate your time, but it just wasn't between the two of us that night. It just wasn't working. And um, a couple of years went by and somebody said, you're going to revisit flat earth. And I went, you know, I guess I should. Right. Because I'm, it's still out there and people are still talking about it. And then I had somebody else talking about it, and we had a an in-depth conversation. Does not mean at all that I think the Earth is any shape but round, but it was good to get in there and start seeing how he could come to that conclusion. Now, again, like I said, doesn't mean I'm going to you know switch sides and say yep, flat, but it kind of gives you that insight and lets you because at the end of the day, if we're not testing what we're thinking, if we just get lost in our own thoughts and think everything we think is right all the time, that isn't helpful. Now I gotta tell you, I think I think the flat Earth theory is ridiculous, but I haven't sat down and done a show on it, so I haven't. I mean, I've seen some of their arguments, like, oh, you can look over this great lake and this the, the city of Chicago's not going down at all, or 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 something like that, or how can I see it? I shouldn't be able to see it, you know. But I've been in an airplane, man. Like, you know, I you can see. The curvature of the Earth when you're in an airplane, right? I mean, haven't you been yeah. in an airplane? Yeah, I was gonna say, I've been in an airplane and did not see everything in the world. 
I know that much. Yeah. So how? <laughs> so what? What is their argument against against that? that? That comes back to the vision of the eye. Most of the time, again, I'm not the expert on it, but that's what it comes back to: that the human eye can only see so far. That's why you can't see, like you know, I'm in Western Pennsylvania. That's why I can't see the New York skyline from here. That's oh. what I've been told. All right. Well, I think I think I mean I can see the moon. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like I said, you know, that's or or is that what, or is that is that closer than than what people say? It, well, uh, I haven't been able to hit with a golf ball, so I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I just think that whole thing is is crazy. So I don't mean to drag you into that, but doing doing your podcast for as long as you have, what would you say is a few of the things that you have learned or changed your belief on since doing it? Like, did you go into it thinking that maybe there aren't aliens and now you think there are? Or, you know, give us an example. Uh, probably the biggest example is, I you know, I struggle. I used to believe more in Bigfoot than I do now, which seems kind of hard to believe, right? The more, the, 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 the maybe it's just the passing of time. Maybe it has nothing to do with the show. But there hasn't been any good sightings, and the sightings that now that you've kind of started looking into them a little bit more in depth and talking to some people, you go, there isn't that many. So I think Bigfoot is probably, the, I mean, for as many people are there are in the woods, as many drones, as many camera phones, I guess that also factors with, with uh, UFOs and aliens too, right? To a degree. Yeah. I, I, it just gets, it gets sticky. It's, you know, like it's, I mean, I guess, you know, the joke is everybody's looking at their phone and not looking up, but I think there are more people now than ever actually looking up, trying to see something and it's still not happening. So, yeah. And they all have their phones right there and yet we're still not getting any new footage. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. And not even, not even getting any really good stories either. So what about UFOs? You did mention them for a second ago. Do you believe in, in UFOs? Do you believe in, in aliens? Or or do you think they, they're interdimensional? Or, or what's your theory on the whole thing? Well, my theory is I hope I hope we aren't the smartest, the, the smartest things every, anywhere, everywhere. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Always, right? I hope there is something else out there smarter than us. Because if we are the greatest creation of all time anywhere, we're messing this planet up in a world-class way. And within probably a couple thousand years, <laughs> it's going to be a hard reset of the planet. And who knows what the universe looks like after that. Well, we could be hit totally with a meteor long before then, honestly. And, and well, we yeah, just, but you know. I mean, I'm, I'm taking the long game that we're, you know, if we don't, I mean, we're just going to screw it up either way. So, so do you believe then? I have to. I mean, I, I mean, and and then you see how big, you know, you hear these people talking about how big the universe is and it keeps expanding. So there has to be hope. There's something out there now. Can they, do they travel here? I don't know. Of course, I love the memes of them watching us on a TV somewhere or whatever their you know communications is, and like, nope, not visiting them. They're messing it up a good enough, like the the reality version of us. So I I, I do enjoy that. So have you? Or maybe they're like us and they just can't travel that far. Have you know. had any paranormal experiences uh, with aliens? No, not with anything. But oh, if any, yeah, I've seen some. I've seen some ghosts through the years. That's kind of where this all started. I mean, where it all, all started was with um, seeing some things in Gettysburg and, yeah, I ca- oh, seeing things in Gettysburg. What did you see? Uh, the fun thing I seen in Gettysburg was we were on top of Devil's Den and I seen what I thought was a reenactor. So I went to go grab the picture with him because that's me, right? And um, so I, I walked that direction because to grab him and by the time I got where he was he wasn't there and wasn't there there like the devil's den has a runway road in and out and obviously I cut the tie the high part of it so he didn't get out without me seeing him and so I started asking people you know like I started asking this these few guys because I thought maybe one of them had changed out of the outfit and you know you start the more people I probably talked to three four uh, Probably talked to the four guys, and, this, and then I talked to an old lady. And the old lady told me, after I talked to the guys, I said, did you see that reenactor? And she's like, no. I said, and she looked me square in the eye and said, sweetie, you probably seen a ghost. And that moment, right, um, clicked in my head. And it kind of echoed around my head for a few days. And then I kept talking to people about this. And then you hear a few more stories about people who have seen some stuff and heard some stuff. And next thing I know, I'm starting an investigation team looking for this stuff because it just didn't sit right with me because I didn't believe in it. Of course, I did believe it. I mean, I believed in my experiences, but I always had, I still always have questions about other people's stories. And like I said, that's kind of where this all, all started was with a paranormal experience. So do you think a ghost is just a is like just an imprint you know like a like a stain some people say it's it's a stain left in reality from 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 what once was it's not it's not an actual spirit or anything it's just kind of like a i guess a glitch you know i I kind of believe that on one hand right because that makes sense because of like like I said that story where I was and the moment and seeing it. But then on the other hand, I want to believe that ghosts and spirits, 
are timeless and can go anywhere and do anything they want, right? Because that's just kind of the cool vision of the afterlife that would be really cool. Not saying there's any theory or practicality behind that, but that's just, you know, part of that. I agree with you, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> like like we, right? die, we die and we can just kind of go and, and do whatever we want and see whatever we want and nobody ever sees us? Yeah, I mean – so, I mean, I, I'd rather enjoy that thought instead of being stuck at, at 1860 Gettysburg or 1864 Gettysburg or whenever it was. Because um, that'd just be a, a hard fang being stuck in the the bubble because time moved forward, but you didn't. But you're still there, but you're not. I don't know. I'd rather be timeless. So, so you believe in life after death then? Oh, yeah. And like I said, I, there's no actual basis for that, except that's just the personal belief of, of mine. Yeah, well, I think it's always pretty interesting how uh, how there's so many different possibilities. You know, I mean, there's no telling what's real and what's not real or, or what's imaginary, what's not imaginary, what are, what's what's true, what's not true. There's so much open for discussion. There's just too much weird out there for it to be nothing. Now, is it everything we make it out to be? Probably not. But for the people out there that don't believe anything happens, there's too much out there for it not to be something. So So what about interdimensions and and things like that? I I think I I messaged you once a while ago to to talk about quantum jumping and – I guess you had never heard of that before at the time. Have have you looked into what that was since then? Oh, just a touch because I was curious. And I I guess that goes back to the being stuck in time, right? Kind of deal, kind of in a, in a twisted way. I don't know because I want to think we're stuck in one dimension or one reality, but it, it does uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It is intriguing to think that there are other things and that are with us, but we can't see them. So, and if that's where the the aliens and the Bigfoot and the ghosts all hang out, well, yeah, that's so big. I, I, yeah, well, where's the door, right? <laughs> well, you know, there's a there's a lot of theories out there, and a lot of people talk about how um, aliens are really, you know, demonic entities from from the devil and and. You know they're coming over into our dimension to to try to influence us and and that sort of thing. What do you think of the whole? I guess the the heaven and hell and the the angels and God and, and you know all that they're saying. You know even even giants and and you know how demons are the spirit. You know the souls of dead giants and I mean there's a there's a lot there in there. Yeah, there's a lot there. You know this this conversation this type of conversation gets me in a lot of trouble. Because especially when I started investigating um, the paranormal things, you know, there was a lot of um, people that are religious in my life that had those thoughts of, you know, you're just seeking demons and all this other stuff. And, of course, through the course of conversations one day, I, I finally ended it with them because I came to the point of you, you sit and pray and you hear God's voice. I ask a question and I hear a demon. How can you verify you're hearing God, and how can you verify that I'm hearing a demon? 
And obviously that conversation got really awkward in a hurry because they didn't want to admit that they're, you know, with that, with that whole thing. So that's part of the fun. I don't want to say fun, but that's when you have those moments and that reality check that goes into it, like it's all connected no matter what you believe or what somebody else believes you're it's all connected and it all interweaves and it gets muddy in a hurry for people because they think their beliefs, whatever it may be is right. A hundred percent of the time. And if you do something that doesn't agree with them, you're wrong. And then if you get somebody uncomfortable enough or in a position where you have to, they have to question their beliefs and you're questioning your own beliefs because, yeah, I mean, some of this stuff is weird and out there. But is it wrong, though, or is it right? And it's unsettling. And that's why I think when paranormal investigators, there are some that just go too fast, too hard, too quick. And they're just out doing investigations to do investigations to talk to the dead and not necessarily coming to understand what they believe and how this could impact them. I think that's part of the reason you see this. I always referred to it as the ocean wave, right, where you get the wave and you can surf on it for a few minutes and then eventually you crash and it goes into shore and then it comes back out. Damn. Most people, when the when the tide goes back out, are done with it because it was too too much for them, too fast. While the high was high, the questions became too much, even though going to whatever quote-unquote haunted place was fun. You get to a point where, is that enough? It becomes like an, an addiction, and then you go and you do it for a couple of years, and you've gone to all the places you can get to or afford to get to. And often you don't have any more answers to the, the basic questions, let alone the deeper uh, philosophical life questions. So I have no idea if I answered your question, because at this point I don't remember your question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, about about giants and things, you know, uh, you know, the... the you know the 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 cover up by the Smithsonian of, of grabbing all these giant bones. I mean, what what would the point of that be? You know, through, throughout the course of history, there's been things deleted, lost. Um, I don't. I, honestly, right? Like the the giant thing is interesting. I don't understand why somebody would want to cover that up. Of course. You know, there were times they were throwing out dinosaurs, too, because, you know, that kind of went against, went against what they were, their framework. And I'm glad we've come to a point where we can kind of accept that stuff. Of course, I don't know if, if we're there completely yet. Yeah. So they, they used to throw away dinosaur bones? I didn't hear that. I didn't I, know that. I, I, I don't remember exactly where I heard that, but I remember hearing that about somewhere. So don't quote me, but yeah, I remember. I, I want to say it was a um, religious institution that was doing it, but like I said, don't quote me because it's been a, a few, few many two years ago that I heard that whole mess. But the Vatican, it, 
Yeah, well, the Vatican has their own secrets, right? This, <laughs> don't don't get me in trouble now, or get us in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have too much influence on YouTube yet. I don't know. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many different things we could talk about. What would what would you say your if you had one question? That you could get an answer to, what would it be? One question to get an answer to? Definitive. And the definitive answer? Oh, boy. Um, goodness. That's going to take a second because I had not even remotely crossed, crossed that bridge. Um, I'd, I'd like to know, I guess I'd like to know the heaven-hell answer, right? I think that would probably be the definitive question, the afterlife question. Because while I do believe in the spirit world, I do believe people can go to heaven and hell, but there's the, that middle ground, right? Because if I believe it can be here, what trips the trigger to go there? Of course, that's all wild speculation on my part. I guess that'd be the question. If I could come, if I could have the answer before knowing the answer, so to speak. Do you think that Earth once had, you know, an intelligent civilization on it long, long ago? <laughs> Um, you know, technological. No, I don't. I don't think we. I don't. I think we're we're the top. <laughs> we're as smart as it's been, unfortunately or fortunately. I think we've evolved to this point, which is scary to think about. But we're doing. I mean, as I mean, as much trouble as we 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 have with each other right now, it is a great time to be alive. Why is that? Well, I mean, all the advancements in, in medical technology and, and communications and everything to be able to access news right now. And again, right now. And access to medications that keep people alive for, I mean, the average lifespan is up, what, 40 years over the last 150 years. Well, don't I mean, you think that that's bad for the earth, though? I mean, don't you think, like, maybe, you know, we'd be in a better place if we were still in, like, Laura Ingalls' time? <laughs> well, you know, that's the double-edged sword of this all, right? We probably would be better in a better place. But then again, I think I think we'd double down then, right? And be even worse abusers of the planet. Because if we were only living to be 40 instead of 80, we wouldn't even care remotely about the big picture of having a planet for 40 more years. Oh, exactly. If we only had, I had mean, 10 more years. It would all be horse and buggy stuff. And you know we would we would concentrate on our on our local communities and what was locally and and we wouldn't care so much about every uh, little thing that happened that, in the world. I mean, I, I mean, we're all, we were always going to evolve into a more connected place. I don't think we just stay. I don't think we would ever stay horse and buggy. Well, there's no <laughs> no promises that we won't return to that. That's for sure. No, there isn't. But. I mean, so, eventually, at some point, we're going to run out of oil, I believe. So, who knows? All bets are off then. You think so? You think we're going to run out of oil? Eventually. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime, but, I mean, I mean, that's going to make the Earth hollow when we do. Are you sure? <laughs> another, you, are you sure another fun you, paranormal conspiracy. <laughs> right are, you, are you sure that the Earth already isn't hollow? Well, if it has all this oil in it, I mean, it's going to be. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Where's, where's all the oil staying if the uh, if the Earth is really hollow? Or I guess those well, hollow Earth entrances, you know, they 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 go down a lot deeper than the oil does, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that's that's why I'm kind of poking at it in zest because it just does again. It if the Earth was hollow, well, how does it support all the stuff that's on top of it? Well, I don't know. I I mean, I, I was talking to somebody that said the Earth is hollow and the the core is basically a sun down there, and they live kind of I guess upside down from us, you know, walking around on the inside, you know, upside down, pretty much, you know, from our perspective. <laughs> And it's sunlight 24 hours a day, and it's a beautiful place with fairies and dinosaurs roaming around, and you know everybody gets along down there. There's no wars. It's 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 totally you know great and peaceful, and they all. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have spaceships. They come up once in a while to check on us, but then they go back down. You, what, do you, what do you think of that? I, I was floored when I was listening to that interview. I was, I'm thinking, wow, dinosaurs inside yeah. the Earth? Uh, well, here, I mean, I guess if, if there's sun 24-7, you could grow the vegetation, but I don't... I, you know, what about rain? Yeah, I was going to say, water's a problem. And the other thing is, if you had sun 24-7, in their traditional human life, you need to sleep, and you can't sl- I mean, you don't sleep as well when it's light. As you do when it's dark. It's just a biological process of things because you need to reset. And everybody getting along. What's this, what's this factor that? I, I mean, that just kind of froze me right there. <laughs> I mean, the rest of it makes all kinds of sense. I can deal with it. But everybody getting along doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not getting along is a human thing. But, but I guess uh, animals don't get along either. I mean, there's some animals that don't get along. Have you ever heard the phrase "fighting like cats and dogs"? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, not a human condition, right there. <laughs> that's true. I mean, there's always there's always going to be somebody that has something that somebody else wants, right? Yeah, yeah. The squirrel wants the nut. The uh, the bird wants you know, and they're just going to fight. I mean, it may not be the fight that you're thinking of, or fight, you know, traditionally thinking of, but survival of the fittest. I don't think. I don't know if you can create an ecosystem where everything is kosher and happy all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if you, you know, have enough computer modeling and stuff, I guess you probably could create something that works for everything. But I just I have a hard time envisioning it. Yeah. So, so what are some of the 
favorite guests you've had on your show? Oh boy, favorite guest. Well, I, I always do enjoy talking to like uh, George Norrie. He was on a few weeks ago. I had Whitley Strieber on at the on the same show. Um, uh, let's see who else. Uh, Scott Walter from American on Earth. Uh, always a good guest. We always have a good conversation about all sorts of different things. Kind of get him off his. Uh, normal talking points, but he always finds a way to bring me back on track. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we else? had it. we had him on not too long ago. He he definitely is a good talk, isn't he? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, through the years, it's like people I, I get asked that question, and and the more shows I do, the harder it becomes because, like I, like everybody, right? Because they're all they're all good. In their own way. I mean, I'm thinking about like Chef Andrew Gould. We talked about seafood coming from our seafood getting caught off the coast of America, shipped to China and getting processed and coming back. Right? Interesting and it's unright. So very compelling, very heavy, but not necessarily the same as talking to Scott. Or, you know, you just look at them and it. it they're all good, but if you're not into that process, it isn't interesting to you. So it's it's really hard to put favorites out there. I mean, obviously, there are people that I've had on multiple times. Another name that jumps to my mind that's been on multiple times and always – we always have an in-depth conversation is the uh, James Fitzgerald, the profile that caught the Unabomber. Mm-hmm. He is just – oh. <laughs> I always love telling the story about him. Um, I requested an interview from him, of course, you know. You do that, I do that. And he says, call me, right? And, um, well, being a former FBI profiler, right, you know where this is headed. I call him. We spend an hour and a half on the phone. And let me tell you, it was intense, right? Him asked, He was asking the questions. Yeah. And he – and um he had listened to some shows and, you know, he had some questions about this, you know, like he was being, well, like I said, an FBI profiler and, uh, towards like probably an hour and 15 minutes in, he just starts laughing and he says, I'd love to come on your show. And, you know, like just, you know, like it was, you know, he knew what he was doing and he was happy, but I was happy to do it. Right. Because I love the, I don't want to say grittiness of, um, going through an interrogation about my show, but, I don't have any problems dealing with that because I do a show that I believe in. So it wasn't that bad, but it was intense. <laughs> were, were you nervous? Yeah. I, I, you know, when it, I kind of realized what he was doing, you know, like it, when it started ramping up into that, he kind of do get a little tense him. because when he started listing off a few things about shows that you've done and, you know, means he had listened and then, you kind of realize that there are some other things that he knew, not necessarily things that aren't public record or easy to find out with a Google search about me, but you know, like he had that put some time into it because like I said, he mentioned two or three different shows. So he'd put time into it and that kind of gets your nerves going because most guests are like, yeah, I'll do it. But yeah. Yeah. Good guy though. Yeah. So. So, have you done many shows like that? Have you delved into the into the true crime aspect of the of shows? 
Not really. I, I I mean, that's such a popular niche right now. I probably should do more, but I haven't because, it, like I said, there are so I think there are enough people doing it really, really well that if I went into it kind of half-hearted and sloppy, it just wouldn't work. So, but obviously, I like to play and I like to get more of the the technical again, the whole story about what makes them tick, kind of going. So, yeah. So, what makes you tick? What makes me tick? Um, learning about things. Learning about I like learning about people that have done something or some things. I don't want to say they're unexpected because being an FBI profiler is very expected, or being a best-selling author or a top-notch radio show host or whatever. But there's that journey to get there, and I I enjoy like I enjoy the process of doing my show. I mean, I do enjoy doing my show. Right? Don't get me wrong when I say this. But the process of researching and finding the guests, and I love finding guests that necessarily aren't household names, but when the time comes and the show's over, people are, I don't want to say wild, but impressed by them in a way because they haven't heard of them before. So that that's kind of like the the fun for me because while, while getting the known names out there and getting a little bit into them and talking to them and actually I've had uh, this comes this comes to mind um, I had Roger Stone on my show multiple times and after the one interview I got a message from a television reporter in Miami Florida which is where Roger lives and he says I listened to you talk to Roger and he's like I've had the pleasure multiple times because of his working for the TV station and he says I've never heard Roger so relaxed during an interview well, and I went yeah. from a guy who's interviewed him and watched has watched his career over the years. That is just about as high praise as you can get from a, I don't want to say colleague because, like I said, he works at a TV station. And I just do my little show, and but those are the kind of things that a why is a TV reporter uh, listening to my show? That still you know that gets me going. But to hear that the the style of interviewing is successful and noticeable for somebody who gets interviewed a lot. I guess I take that as a, I don't want to say feather in my hat, but you know, going back to the duck thing, I have no choice but to. (laughs) (laughs) So, so where, where do you think your show's headed? What, what are, what are some of your key, your key interest points now? Um, key interest points now, of course, are, documenting the current day things. So I started doing live calls once a month, just kind of touching base. Like I know in August we talked about going back to school for, for children, just kind of encapsulating that. So I've been doing those once a month, um, staying current, but staying um, into that content I was talking about where I can go back and dig into somebody and create a show that's going to last five, ten years whenever somebody finds it and has an interest in it, which those two seem not to be the same thing, which causes problems for people. So it's it's a really tenuous situation right now. Of course, the paranormal is still out there in my mind, and there's still questions I have about it. So I've been working with some people in – I guess I shouldn't say working with people. I've been frustrating some people trying to help me uh, – put that into a succinct 
sellable format. And um, it's difficult, but that's okay because, you know, at the end of the day, it's my name on the show, right? And it's going to be what it is. So if we can make it packaged and pretty, we'll make it packaged and pretty. If we can't, I'm very happy with what I'm doing. So, yeah, you know, I did a show on Black Eyed Kids and found that 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 was fascinating. And, you know, there's so many different cryptids out there. I mean, ghosts are technically, you know, ghosts, Bigfoot, you know, but but you also, you know, of course, everybody knows the Mothman and the Jersey Devil. But there's so many out there that aren't really all that well known. Were you surprised when when you started digging into the whole cryptid thing, just how many different types of cryptids there were all around the world? Oh yeah, without question. And like you you mentioned, the black eyed kids, the black eyed men and women, uh, Mothman, Jersey Devil, yeah, Hat, um, hat Man. There's there's Hat like, Man, Dog Man. Um, yeah, I, it's just amazing the stuff that kind of floats under the surface about some of that stuff. And there are some great people out there who have seen and experienced these things and have, you know, good content about it. And it's weird because so much of it gets lost too, right? Because they just can't get found or can't get out. And it's, it's weird. It's, uh, I think, you know, because I get asked this because, you know, I was in the paranormal and I've kind of drifted out, but I'm still kind of somewhat in, so it's kind of weird. But because, well, because I've had Nori on, people are always asking me what I think about Coast to Coast, and I'll be up. I was up front with George, and George knows this, so this isn't going to come as a surprise. I don't listen to Coast. It's just... I live Eastern time and I sleep during that time. But when I, I always am watching what they're doing and uh, listening to the clips they put out for free. And people are always offended because coast is kind of moving away from the paranormal traditional format. Of course, you know, you look back at some of the things that art was doing in it and you go interviewing George Carlin wasn't paranormal, but Okay. You keep you have this romantic notion that Art talked paranormal twenty four seven for twenty years, but he didn't. But you just you have that romantic notion. Of course, if George Carlin was still alive, and wanted to be on my show, I'd take him too. But is paranormal? You know, is paranormal dying? And or is Coast dying? I'll just stick with paranormal. Um, paranormal isn't dying. I think there's a lot of content out there, and there's a lot of shows out there talking about it so it's good it's better today than it was when art was at his peak my opinion some people don't agree with that but well he was he was kind of the he laid the groundwork for all this didn't he yeah i mean i think even if he hadn't did paranormal talk i think with the advent of podcasting i think we'd still have it yeah I don't know if it'd be as popular as it is. I mean, he laid the groundwork for the TV shows and all this other stuff, but there have always been people telling ghost stories and investigating and talking about these things. So would it have been somebody else? There could have been somebody else overnight talking besides Art at some point and made it. I don't know. But, he, I mean, he did start start the process. No question about it. Did you ever talk to him? I did not, which is the great irony of life, right? I was on um, 
the fun part is I was on the test network way back in the day when it was still on his website. I was the fourth show off. Actually, it's funny because that was that was what was that? Whatever year that was, it was right before Thanksgiving, and so um, there was Jim Harold on Monday, a couple of shows on Tuesday, and then my show aired early on, well, early nine p.m. on on Wednesday on his site, and then he got the net. Well, the whole contract mess came up again, so Keith had to move it over to the network and start the network early. But it was pretty cool because somewhere, I think it's on my website, I have a picture of my bio on artbell.com. So it's kind of fun to have that, even though I never got to talk to him. Yeah, he, you know, he just had that, that voice, I guess. You know, I used to listen to him at night, you know, years and years ago. He had, he had that voice where, you know, I mean, honestly, I enjoyed listening to him going to bed because I would fall asleep listening to him. And then I would dream about whatever it was he was talking about. You know, the great irony is, right, my first quote-unquote paranormal experience, I remember it, it stuck in my head. I was in the eighth grade. My homeroom teacher, who I had for science the year before, calls me up to his computer and has me put these headphones on, you know, the cheap, you know, headphones. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've got to play something for you. And I said, okay. And he's on Artbell, the Artbell.net, I think it was at that time. Really, really rudimentary HTML site, green and green and black, really cool looking. And he clicks play, and these horrible screeching sounds. He played for me the sounds of hell. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Okay. No warning. No preference. Just played it. Right. And I take the headphones off, and he tells me that's what it was called. And I just go and sit back down without any, you know, like there is 25 other kids in this classroom, calls me up, makes me listen to this thing, right? Out, you know, no, no, no preference, no conversation about it, just, but man, it stuck and I can still remember it, what, 20 years later. Yeah. So, now, do you want to you want to tell everybody who doesn't know what that is, what it is? <laughs> I just it's the worst sounds in the world. I don't know much more about it. I <laughs> uh, I think they they said it was like the like the deepest hole in Russia or something. They lowered this recorder down in there to record the sounds, and this is what they heard. Yeah, and then I did hear years a couple of years ago when I, you know, I told that story to somebody else. But if you lower a recorder in the ground so far because of how the the air swirls around, it's going to make a horrible noise no matter what. Well, those were clearly people screaming and hollering. I mean, clearly, right? I mean, yeah, like I said, it, it it's it's not the the prettiest audio in the world. I don't know what to make of it. I still don't know what to make of it. Yeah, you know, I I think uh I think that if anybody's listening, you should go on YouTube and see if you can find that. You know, or maybe go to Google and, and just look up Art Bell Sounds of Hell or something to that effect yeah. and, and you could probably yeah. find it real easily. Well, I'm sure it's still out there because it Yeah, it's just unsettling. Again, there I am with that word. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got you got to wonder what that was, and you know that was done a long time ago before they had like uh, you know the mixing and all kinds of stuff. I guess anybody could throw something like that together now. Yeah, like I said, so I was in the eighth grade, so that'd be like nineteen ninety eight, 
Yeah. Like this, this goes back almost early days. Yeah, almost early days of the internet. Like, well, how so. old? How old are you, Jim? You're getting old. <laughs> I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting old. I'm guess I'm what thirty six now. You're <laughs> <laughs> still you're still young in my book. So, I guess where do you, where do you want to go next? I mean, we we've got a we've got a few minutes left. What what is your favorite topic to talk about let's talk about it my favorite topic to talk about is oh boy that's one of those things that you're just asking the loaded questions of loaded questions um i like talking about what's what's what's, let me flip the the script on you what made you want to what made you start doing this because i know you've been around the the youtube thing for a couple years now but what made you start wanting to do and do your own. Honestly, what what got me started in this was, was I had a, I think a, I talked about it on an earlier episode where I had that uh, quantum jumping dream thing, and I, I messaged you about it that morning. I messaged you about it, like, dude, have you heard about this? And and I was I had never heard of it before, but I had that that dream. I, I guess it. I don't even know if it was a dream. I, I talked to a. I actually. That that's what got me into it was because I wanted to look it up and I wanted to talk to some people who knew what it was and I actually got Cynthia Sue Larson to come on and talk to me about it. She wrote a book on it, and um, that's that's what got me into it. I wanted to. I basically just wanted to learn about that, and then as I learned about that, I started learning about all these other different things, which just like you said, it just. It makes okay. Well, what about this now? What about this now? It seems. See, that's why I like having the hosts of shows on because they'll know so much more about so many different topics than guests do. Because guests tend to uh, stick to one specialty, whereas hosts they get into everything. Yeah, it's it's funny because you're sitting here saying this, right? And you asked me earlier what when the show started. Actually, um, in this notebook, I have the sheet that I started my the Mauer report with, right? And it it, it referenced – well, maybe it, the sheet that I have doesn't, but I know there was a, a sheet that I had at one point that referenced the fr- time frame of doing the show from three to six months, right? I just wanted to get – I had some questions that I wanted to ask some paranormal investigators because that's what I was doing at that time. And that's pretty much what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to get a little bit deeper into that, and then I wanted to get – you know go back to doing that more so than just talking about it. And like you said, it became an interesting thing because the more I asked them, the kind of wider it got and the wider it got. And then, well, then the Bigfoot thing came up and the alien thing came up. And of course, God bless her soul. Well, she's still alive. I shouldn't say it that way. Uh, Paranormal romance came up, right? Mm -hmm. And that whole... (laughs) Don't... (laughs) That that conversation, you know, those life changing moments, right? When you start talking to a paranormal romance author, and uh, <laughs> now what what is that exactly? Um, basically, this woman wrote stories about she, the character in her book was in love with a supernatural being, and um, which you know kind of can warp your mind, like Twilight. And, yeah, not well in the vague sense, yeah. So, um, but, so it kind of just got, you know, like I said, 
it, it got going in a hurry. And then you realize, and then I had a, I had uh, the psychic lawyer Mark Anthony on a couple weeks after, and I went psychics, like you know, like oh yeah, that you know the whole thing. So because you know, they can see actually what you're trying to find when you're going out paranormal investigating, right? So it was kind of that moment. And then, like I said, now it's nine and a half years later, and I'm still, still out there learning as much about almost everything I can get my hands on, right? There's not too many things that I haven't talked about on my show or so want to talk about on my show. Psychics and, and remote viewing, you think that's about the same thing? I think it's in the same ballpark. I mean, because you're just viewing energy. I mean, at, at a grander scale at distance, I guess, remote viewing, I think, is a, is a specialized skill. Like I said, the ballpark thing, I think, kind of like a release pitcher kind of deal. And psychics are more of the... Uh, infielders, so to speak, they can kind of get it. But it's weird. There's some nuanced differences, and there's some differences about how they... Uh, what sort of looking for? Because I don't want to say how they work, but how they get into their process and how they... And it's interesting. There's, there's enough differences there that make you really have to dig in to see what the differences are. But they're there, so... Because like at first I was like, yeah, we're talking about the same thing, but and like astral projections, and I mean, on the on the big picture they are all the same, but it's just like um, when you go to a restaurant, you know the difference between the actual menu items. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about the reincarnation idea? You know, I had thought about that. It does. It seems like again, it seems like a neat thing, right? But on the other hand, if I believe that you're you're if you're t- if you if I believe that you could be timeless and just float around in the universe for five, ten, fifteen, how many every whatever the time period may be before you have to make the decision or the decision is made for you, that doesn't leave much time for people coming back. So, and it's it all reincarnation has this fun mojo in my mind every time you hear i hear somebody talking about it no this is not every time more often than not somebody starts i had my past lives read and you will not believe who i was <laughs> yeah Jul- caesar um like you know there was I, I i was joking with somebody who was gonna do a past life reading for me and then i made this joke and they didn't i said i'll be very disappointed if i wasn't um, King Edward the Fourth. If I was just a laborer on a farm, <laughs> right? Because you know, there. Um, who's the other one? Cleopatra. Yeah. Like every 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 time you hear somebody talking, well, not every time. I gotta stop saying every time. But a lot of the times, these these, these people start talking about reincarnation, and they always have a connection to somebody. And I guess the name that jumps to my mind. And I'm going to get in trouble for saying this is Marilyn Monroe, right? Like, man, I, I get it. I understand. But I, I don't think her still reincarnated half a dozen times. <laughs> I just yeah, by, by now, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess there's the whole question of, you know, time and it, is it even relevant? I mean, why, why couldn't, why couldn't we all be the same one person right now? Yeah, that's the, that's what I'm saying. Or, or... <laughs> and the other the other thing about this, we kind of tab- dabbled through this earlier. 
I mean, we're living longer and there's more people on the planet than ever, right? So if we started with, I'm just going to put round numbers on this. If we started with 10 souls back in the day, right? Yeah. 10 people, 10 souls. And then obviously it split to 20. Well, did the souls split in half or did, were, were the new souls created? Because if new souls were created, did it split in half? And who wants half a soul? <laughs> You see where the problem comes? Yeah, or we're all just fragments of one. <laughs> yeah, or we are just one. Huh. To start off. I don't know. I think they'd be disappointed. I'm selfish. I want my soul to be my own. Well, that's just it. And there's the other option, right? Like, you start with your own, and that's it. That's the one you're given. Like your new shoes, right? You've got your new shoes. You've got them forever. Have fun. You're no, they, weren't, they weren't used before. I could deal with that. So do you believe in souls? Yeah, because, the like I said, I believe the energy either transitions to being a free spirit or the heaven and hell debate. But I haven't reconciled how one ghost gets the off-ramp or stays on the, the highway long enough to not have to get off at the exit for heaven or hell. That's kind of where I'm at right now. But I believe there's, you know, so if you can keep your soul and have an afterlife, you got to start with one. I don't know, I... I... You know, it's so weird because you you know there's a lot of a lot of kids that die, unfortunately. You know, like yeah. like from, you know, one year old, two years old. You know, that die and, and to have a to have a soul created specifically for you, and you die when you're one years old. That that's got to be just beat, man. That would suck. You know, if that's all you get is that one that one life, and you you made it to one year old. Congratulations. That's it. That's all you get. Yeah, and that's part of the reason that reincarnation kind of thing kind of works because you get another go around at it. But I don't know if I, you know, like I said, you kind of have questions about that either way. So I mean, I guess I, I guess it depends on where we go. If we go somewhere great, you know, like like hey, more power to you. You only had to do one year on shithole Earth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Or, or maybe this is a punishment, like where, you know, our souls do things wrong and they're like, you're sentenced to another life on Earth for 80-something years. Or, Well, you know, you've, I'm sure you've heard the lie about Earth is actually just hell, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't think that's true at all. A lot of people <laughs> are having the time of their lives down here, if, if that's the case. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say. But some people aren't, though, right? Like, I mean, well, I'm, I, don't I mean, know. yeah, but but you know, I mean, hell's hell, right? It's supposed to be this horrible place, uh, you know, horrible for everybody, not just some. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Earth is hell at all, and that that's uh, I think uh, I don't know what to think, honestly. I don't even know what to think. Yeah. So anyway, let's. Uh, I guess, man, we're out of time. That was quick. Well, that's it, how it goes. It goes I fast, do people. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, the best place, best place to find me is Mallard.com, M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D. Or your, or your favorite social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. I don't know anymore. I used to keep up with that list, and now it's just kind of growing. I know it's Gab and Parler. Oh, anyways. If I'm not if I'm not on your favorite social media, it probably shouldn't be your favorite social media. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think uh, we're not anywhere. I mean, we're on Twitter and Facebook. That's it. That's that's all. <laughs> and we have our we have our website 
conflictradio.net. But but that's it. Every everything else is is uh you know I mean it takes time to I mean there's so many now right. Yeah, it it just becomes this a massive a mass of time that you try to you try to do it all. You know I don't know if you know the jack of all trades, master of none bit comes comes to mind here, and uh, I know I'm not mastering any of them. So, yeah, but that's true, I guess. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, Jim, thanks very much for coming on. I hope everybody uh, will go check out the Duck, Pound, Duck Pond at Mallard.com and definitely listen to your live show every Tuesday, right? No matter what, even if it's Christmas? Uh, even if it's Christmas, even if it's New Year's, even if it's my birthday, I've been um, – I've taken one show off in the last year. And that's because uh, I had surgery. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, that's a good reason, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I know at one point uh, it's, I've missed seven shows in like nine and a half years. So it's pretty much every Tuesday. All right. There you go. So what do you do? What do you do when a guest cancels on you last minute? Because I, I hate that problem. I just rock and load and go. <laughs> yeah. Find somebody or just, just talk it to depends people just talk in, and to do live calls, talk. Um, Depends on when you figure out they're not showing, right? Because if you can find them, find somebody else, you find somebody else. But you can't. I just go. I just let it rip. I mean, some of those shows are horrible, but uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, when you first started out, did you listen to them? Did oh you... God, no. It probably it was probably within the last two years that I even started listening back to them at all. Go back to the early ones. You go back to the early ones or listen to your oh, early no. ones? No, no, no. The early ones. Uh, no, I have not. And I, they're painful. I mean, I have tried, but I just cringe when I do. Well, you because know, we, we certainly get better at this the more we do it, don't we? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because I get frustrated with my... I, I guess the way I, I'm going to put it is I get frustrated with my tempo. Like, the wheels of the questions took too long for me to... You know, like, I know the question now. Like, I feel confident in just asking the question. Yeah. Well, I guess... All right, man. Well, I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Check out uh, Jim Mallard at themallardreport.com, and we're, we'll be uh, right back on Conflict Radio right after this. Welcome back to Conflict Radio. That was Jim Mallard. Make sure to check out his website, mallard.com, and go and listen to the Duck Pond and chill out there, and he's got some pretty good shows. Remember, you can always find us online, www.conflictradio.net. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search for Conflict Radio. You can also find us on Spreaker, Apple iTunes, and all of the normal podcast catchers. That's going to do it for us today. We're going to go ahead and just wrap it up. We'll be back next week. Batten down the hatches and be safe. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.